Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker. And folks, on today's show, we are going to be talking about why do consumers love subscriptions? Ron, good to talk to you. You too, Ed. Well, we're missing our guest that we plugged at the end of last <laughs> week's show, John Tamney. He blew us off for some guy named Cudlow. I don't know. Yes, Larry Cudlow's got a new TV show, I guess, since he left the Trump White House mm-hmm. um, voluntarily, I think. And no, Biden, but he didn't stay for Biden. He, he didn't, didn't stay for no. Biden wouldn't keep him on. Uh, and I think it runs at literally 4 p.m. Eastern. Okay, right, right. Started the show, so John he he really felt bad. He feels awful about it, but he is rescheduled for April thirtieth. What's interesting, Ed, is he's got a new book coming out on March thirtieth called "When Politicians Panicked," mm. and it's all about the lockdowns, the whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. And I was reading a little bit. He sent us graciously a manuscript in advance. Uh, the foreword is written by George Gilder, so that's interesting, and. Um, all of his citations are from two sources for the most part. Most of them, I think good 98% or whatever, New York times, wall street journal. He said that way there can be no finger pointing of, you know, bias sources. Who's the source, you know? Okay. Those mm-hmm. two sources. So interesting I'm, the way he did that. That's good. Yeah. yeah it's good. I, I, I look forward to reading it. So um, he'll be on April 30th. Great. Great. Well, we got a lot of ground to cover today. We've got some stuff that we've got some housekeeping that we've got to do, including uh, a quick shout out. I'm going to do it right now to our friends at 90 Minds who sponsor our bonus content on Patreon, patreon.com slash TSOE. Forgot to do that last week in the 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 ensuing the chaos Gilder. that was Josh Gilder. Yes, yes, yes. He kept us talking. And for those of you who just listened to this show and are not subscribed to Patreon, you missed another hour with Josh Gilder. We I kid you not left him in the dark. He was sitting, we were, yeah. we're, we're on, on the, on the video and it's just getting darker and darker and darker. And at one point he's trying to fumble around for a light and it was, it was, Hysterical. He felt bad. We can't, he said, hey, you know, you, hey, you got to go. You got to go. He's like, nah, let's just keep talking. Uh, he says, I'm in lockdown, you know, so what's your work and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, warning, it did, it did get, if you thought the show was wonky, it was wonk, wonky plus, <laughs> maybe yeah. wonky double plus after that. But For sure. it was still good. Even our friend Matthew from Australia said that he enjoyed the conversation. So there's something to be said, even for non-Americans, those of you listening. Yeah. No, the speech writing aspect was just fascinating. I just find those backstories great about particular speeches, especially the important ones. Mm-hmm. Like the ones, yep. like the one we start our show with. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. Which you know, still as it is incredibly impactful speech. And every time I do read it or listen to it or watch it in prepping for last week's show, I obviously did. It's still, it's, I mean, for thirty plus years old, or twenty plus years old, it's it's still 
fresh as it was when it was given out. Yeah, no, that's true. That's absolutely true. Um, yeah, and we do have a review to read uh, from Lee Hanley, who left us a review, so we'll get to that, because he also uh, wrote us an email this morning, Ed, which um, made a great point, so I want to talk about that, too, but it'll okay. make more sense after we talk about our topic. Okay, yeah, let's get into it. All right, so why do consumers love subscriptions? This comes out of the 2020 Zora and Subscribed Institute research. They commissioned the Harris Poll International Survey on what consumers most value about subscriptions. Um, It's called the End of Ownership Report. You can find it at uh, Teens Newsletter. And some fascinating findings on this, but what do you think consumer... Well, let me ask you, as a consumer, don't Mm -hmm. think as a business person. Yep. As a consumer, what do you like or love about subscription? Just right off the top of my head, I would say I would I, I love not having to think about it and worry about it. It's just there. I just just it it's I know I know I know what I'm subscribing to. I would know what that's going to deliver for me, and I just don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So it's like a peace of mind, certainty. Yeah. The automatic the, the the whole concept of the automatic customer. I, I I'm I'm now subscribed not only to content. And to stuff like Harry's, I'm a Harry's customer, so I get I do get razor blades. But I also, in a sense, subscribe to my charitable donations, which I find much more uh, uh, e- easy to track. You know, so things sure. the, the donations that I make to different different organizations, I've switched them all to just monthly donations rather than wait for the end of the year to make something big and just. And they love it. Obviously, that's what that's what they're they're looking for that consistency of cash flow, and uh, it just makes me feel a whole heck of a lot better. So, and this includes my church. I'm subscribed to church, Ron. To church, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, that's pretty much what this international survey said. Now, now look, we could they broke this down by country and regions and all that. I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to give the overall. Uh, assessment of this, but the top reason why consumers love subscriptions is, and it's 42% is the answer, convenience. Convenience, yeah. Convenience. So I think everything you said probably falls under that. I'm falls into that too. category. It's yeah. probably, yeah. Peace of mind. Don't have to mind. think about it. Yeah. Don't have to worry. Oh. Think about it. It's just there. Yep. The second one, though, Ed, was variety. Interesting. Variety not being locked into ownership. And this is where I think Apple, you know, teens question, when when will I be able to subscribe to Apple? This is what people like. You know, if something new comes out, I'm going to have access to it. Yes. And, and again, you know, I, I'm not quite sure why Apple hasn't pulled the trigger on it, being as they, uh, for all intents and purposes, I have been subscribed to my iPhone for the last three years. It, but they they just do it as a loan. I mean, they just do it through that goes through. I don't know, Citizens Bank. I think it is. It's but it's tied to my credit card, and it just, it just comes out of the American Express every month. And then as soon as the new phone comes out, I'm eligible instantaneously for an upgrade. It's not like I have to keep it a certain period of time. I think I think it is six months or something like that. But it's it's but Apple only comes out with a new phone every year, right? So I and I can change it at any time. I I think maybe I can't, but 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, but why haven't they just made it a subscription? And why hasn't there been made just a, a pure Apple subscription that let, lets me pay them two grand a month and or a thousand dollars a month and just get whatever hardware I want from them? For all intents and purposes, I've been subscribed to Apple since 1984. I mean, yeah. you know, I know we've talked about if you tallied up how much we spent with them over our lifetime, this it would be a staggering number. Oh, yeah, it would be. But, you know, so is college. And the idea of putting college on subscription makes perfect sense. I think that's a great idea. In in fact, in a sense, we we have tried to do that as well through the I forget what it is a three ninety. There's some there's some there's some um, t- tax savings plan that you can put pre tax dollars in in for for uh, college education, and we've done that. Now you're, we're not subscribing to a college. We can take that money out and use it. For educational purposes, whenever, but um, you know, I, I, that's we've tried. We've tried to create this that same effect, but it would be much much better if it would direct with a university system. University, yeah, yeah. So the third thing, and it actually tied variety. The last time I think they did this survey was 2018. So this is 2020 results. In 2020, tied with variety was cost savings. But cost savings was actually number two in 2018. And so it's not just about cheap price. Convenience and variety are right up there. Mm-hmm. And here's what I, why I think, or here's where we can speculate on how B2B, because this is mostly a B2C survey. They survey mm-hmm. consumers, not businesses. But I don't sure. think cost savings would be as high in, a, in B2B subscriptions. Probably not, although I do think that businesses may look at it to some extent. This, this is where it would be great to have Reginald Lee's input because th- this is true, truly a cash out scenario right. Right. where you're, you're setting cash out. But, but if you think of, I mean, your world software, you know, people subscribe to that and they seem to like it better. They get the updates. They don't have to go through all the rigmarole. You know. Oh yeah. Come on. You know. So there's a huge convenience element to that. There is a convenience element to that, and and the the, the cost savings too. You know, the, the, and that that's that's been a challenge because I think you, it, it's been hard to make an apples to apples comparison on a lot of this stuff. Right. Um, you know, and, and look, this is where Michael Munger's drill example comes in, right? You would want to subscribe to a tool shed in your local neighborhood and just have the, the drill delivered to you with the right bits when you needed it and not have to store it in your garage. But you're not, you're not going to, you're not going to pay an arm and a leg for that because that is definitely a convenience thing. Um, I don't know, I just, but that's again. Then again, now now you're talking about consumer. What what if you made that for um, business to business? And yeah, they probably do pay a higher price, don't they? Because that's that's what a lot of the airlines effectively do for their maintenance. They outsource their maintenance, and I'm sure that's on on some kind of a recurring contract. Right. I'm just thinking of like I know Michelin's got that. You know, they've got a subscription to their tires because you mm-hmm. know truck fleets, trucking companies, they don't want to own tires. You just want them to go, and when they when they uh, need replacing, you want to get them replaced. And Michelin offers that service, mm-hmm. and I bet it probably costs some more. But 
then they don't have to have people to service the tires and all that other stuff. So, but like you said, it's a hard comparison to make. How do I compare a Porsche drive to uh, leasing or buying a Porsche? Because I can switch out different models and they bring it out to me and I don't have to worry about maintenance. It's just a hard comparison. It is a hard comparison. And the, the other thing I'm thinking too is, and this is probably unfortunate because far too many businesses, when they do go into subscription and you know, cause you and I have coached businesses on this, take the yearly price and divide by 12. Yeah. Right. And, and go, well, and he's like, no, 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 no. There's a lot more thinking that has to go into this than just taking your yearly price and dividing by 12 way more yeah. thinking. I know. And in fact, I just gotten a Twitter discussion with somebody from a company who I will not uh, name because they don't subscribe or they don't advertise on this podcast. But he said, well, you know, you could subscribe, you can have a subscription for the repeatable, predictable work, but then you can value price the special projects. And it's like, hmm, okay, that tells me you don't I really understand subscription mm-hmm. because you're not thinking about the portfolio. You're not thinking about that. We're talking about the price premium for that convenience and that peace of mind. What this survey documents people value. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, we're already up against our first break. One want to remind everybody that you can contact both of us by sending one email to ask TSOE at verisage.com. And we do try to answer those questions on the air that you do have for us. And we're going to try to get to some of them today. But right now, a word from our sponsor. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. We're tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about why do consumers love subscriptions so much? And 
Ed, uh, the other thing that this report talked about was, and I found this is part of that psychology that we've talked about before that we don't have a good vocabulary for, right? That we mm-hmm. have a hard mm-hmm. time articulating. I can't, you know, I would keep saying, I can't put my finger on this, but this is a different relationship with a business when you're subscribed to it rather than when you're just entering in the transactions with them. And it's this, the benefits aren't just seen as transactional or incidental. They actually have a cumulative qualitative effect on building a relationship between brands and consumers. I think that's a very interesting uh, grouping of words, cumulative qualitative effect. In other words, they build on one another. Remember when Warlow talked about the car wash, Mm -hmm. subscribing to a car wash and how you might go every day for the first month just because, hey, this is really cool. Right. And, and, And then, but then the usage would, you know, go back to some type of normality of pattern, but you, that you would see that is incredible value that I can do this as much as I want and it's there when I need it. And I get, you know, the special lane and I go right to the front of the line. And, um, I mean, that's what this is getting at that cumulative qualitative effect. Do do you think that's because it's, it's a, a, it puts limitations on others. Like when, when you, when you're subscribed to an organization, it's, inherently because others are not i mean i don't know if i'm saying this right maybe it's this members this membership thing like that you feel more a part of it because you're a member and yeah and i'm just trying to because i'm trying to spark out what 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 changes your feeling when you are subscribed versus 12 monthly monthly payments like (laughs) right no and i think that 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 membership only is is certainly part of it. I was thinking more about it from a touch point standpoint. I'm just thinking, you know, Dr. Paul, let's say you went in to see Dr. Paul for some type of issue. And then you went home and in a couple of days, something else popped up. Maybe it was connected. Maybe it's something completely different. And you texted him and he got right back to you within, you know, an hour even. Um, you, you would just go, wow. I mean, you would just, you didn't have to go through all the BS of making another appointment or getting on the phone with the receptionist and scheduling a time to talk to him. Like I have to do with my non DBC doctor. Um, you know, it's just frictionless and that just accumulates even a small touch point that small text back from him can be as valuable to me as me going and seeing him. I think that's what this is getting at. And I, and I don't know if that made any sense, but that's how I'm thinking about it. It does in the sense that because you don't have that normal interaction with your doctor, that text piece of it. But as you were talking, I'm trying to think through, would I feel differently about Apple if I were truly subscribed to my iPhone as opposed to what I do now, which is sim- I have to simulate a subscription by using their automatic buyback service or whatever it is. Right. And I kind of think it would, I kind of think that, that I I would feel differently about it. I don't know. And I can't put my finger as to why that is, you know, I, 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 maybe maybe there's stuff that they could give me that they wouldn't give others if I weren't subscribed. And I'm just, you see what I'm saying? Like the reason why you're not feeling it with your doctor is because you can't text them. Right. Right. I can't if call. You could, 
I can yeah. call them. But to do that, Ed, it's it, it just the, the Department of Paperwork again. Yeah. You know, go through as receptionist. What's the problem? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's a hassle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's re- the reduction of the hassle factor for sure. Friction. Frictionless. Yeah. Hurdle. Again. Hurdles. Friction. Yep. Do a change order. Have a conversation. <laughs> Fill out this form in triplicate, if you don't mind. <laughs> I'm out of compliance with the Department of Compliance. We can't do the, you know, it's just, yeah. let's see, right? Yeah. Gary Hamill. Um, so that was interesting to me. Cumulative qualitative effect of building a relationship. The other, I like the language there, yeah. The other adjectives that constantly come up in this report, and this is from the words of the consumers, transparency, efficiency, which we know what they mean. They don't mean how we define efficiency. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, flexible. Flexible. I can upgrade. I can downgrade as my needs changed. There's no more ownership lock-in. That's an interesting term because it, it, it has all sorts of costs built into that, right? Transaction costs, depreciation, mm-hmm. repairs, maintenance, hassle, disposal, recyclable, you know, all of those things, right? I'm always update. I'm always up to up to date. There's more variety mm-hmm. here. Once the iPhone or whatever I'm using becomes obsolete, uh, they upgrade me. That's that's it, Ron. And that that that's that's it. Now that you say so, what what I what I have to do when the new phone comes out is I have to initiate the upgrade. Yep. I have to I have to be the one that says, yes, I'm ready for an upgrade. Okay, I go through this, figure out which phone, blah, 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 blah. They send it to me. Then I send the after after I transfer the stuff, then I send the other one back and they send me this package. The way it should be if it was a true subscription is, okay, we're going to as- assume, hey, your phone's ready. You're, 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 the new phone's coming out. Do you want the same phone as you have this time? You know, same configuration in terms of memory and all of this stuff. Or would you like to change that? Yes or no. If yes, great. If no, boom, they just send it to me and I don't have to, I don't have, I would not have to initiate the transaction. Right. Right. That's what I a, think would be the difference. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of apathy, maybe not for you. Cause you like to be on the cutting edge and on the, but for me, it's like, Oh yeah, this is good enough. I can let it go for another month. But if, if they reach out and give me an option to upgrade, I'm probably going to jump on it quicker because they just made it again, frictionless. Yeah. Right. It just changes the dynamics. Let, let me let me let me read this because I, I love this line from Jennifer Hyman, who's the co-founder and CEO of Rent the Runway. So this mm-hmm. is subscribing yeah. to fashion, yeah. right? She said the world of fashion rests upon a myth. It does not work unless it convinces you as the consumer to buy more and more things that you don't need. I'm saying the pride of ownership is dead and the pride of access is the new luxury. And so my membership has its privileges. Yeah. um, So that was my question. Is this true in like it? Mm -hmm. It's access. Yeah. That the new luxury. And then Apple, of course this applies to Apple. Mm -hmm. Get the new laptop when it comes out, or I can bypass a generation of a laptop Mm -hmm. without much harm. But uh, it just gives me it. It just gives me that peace of mind, that security, that convenience. I don't have to think about it. Yeah, very interesting. And and she also says Hyman says no other business model that guarantees regular check ins 
uh, an active customer participation. There's no other business model that does that better than subscription. This is why it's the most outward facing business model that we know of. Because you have to constantly delight the customer constantly. Right. And remind but, them what, what those membership privileges are. But what of su- subscription fatigue? Do you think there's something to that? That yes. we are getting we're getting oversubscribed and we're 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 less apt to subscribe now because man, I've subscribed to twenty seven things this year. Maybe maybe I shouldn't subscribe to a twenty eighth. Right. When you start to see apps and I forget their names. Uh, Greg probably knows them off the top of his head, but those apps that can manage your subscriptions kind of look through and say, do you yeah, really need yeah. this? You know, do you really need this ninth wine club, Ron? Uh, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Um, so yes, I do think, but from the research I've seen from Zorad, subscription fatigue is greater in the B2C world than the B2B world. B2B world is usually seen as an investment, whereas in B2C, it can be more discretionary, especially when times are tough, people can let them go easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I do, I do think, um, fatigue is an issue, but they're mm-hmm. going to have to deal with that. And I think they are pretty much, I mean, by making canceling easy, by making downgrading easy, by being flexible, um, I think you can deal with that. Yeah, I know. I, th- I think you can, um, I, and by subscription fatigue, m- where, where I see it happen, manifest itself in me is not canceling but not taking on something else like, Hey, uh, uh, I'll give you an example. I, yeah, I think um, there's so many video subscriptions now too. like the Paramount just came out with yet Paramount plus Plus. once again, you know, they're they're getting really creative, aren't they? Yeah. They just copy from everybody. The plus we talked about this with Greg earlier, but, and and I just thought, well, you know, why why would I do that? What content is there that I, want to subscribe to so it's like it's like i have so much content coming out in my ear why would i do another one so that's the that's the fatigue I, i'm not canceling netflix anytime soon right but i'm not sure if i'm adding additional stuff i think and and maybe it's just in this one area of of video content maybe that's the problem i don't know sure it, it's just like you could spend the rest of your life watching netflix and not get through it all so you know right. keep piling on to a disney and all these other things so yeah mm-hmm. definitely see fatigue setting in there pretty quick yeah and and you know getting to the point where if i added it all up am i now paying more than i did when i had cable Right, <laughs> which right. was the or, original reason to get off to get, the, to this get, all yeah, of this crap, cord, yeah. right? Uh, it, and yeah, you probably are. I bet you're probably approaching it. You're probably not there, but you're probably approaching it. Yeah, could be. No, so, well, it, it's it's really good, and um, we got a letter from. Um, well, yeah, let me let me. Um, we're going to do this uh, listener letter that was really good. And I'll set this up. And I know we got to take a break in a couple of minutes. This comes from Jonathan. I'm not going to use his last name, but he's, he's uh, he does one-on-one coaching with uh, on like stress management skills, personal development, guided change. Right. Mm-hmm. Just, um, and he says, we usually start, you know, they come to me with some type of issue and they want to obtain some type of goal. And he says, and then I get them there. He said, and there's, there's various ways we do that. You know, there can be video-based exercises. There can be self-study material, answering questions by email. He says, my clients are pretty price sensitive. It's a pretty price sensitive market. Um, most of the competition charges by the hour, of course, right? 
But what the customers care about, of course, is reaching their goal. He says, but then he said, once we meet the goal, he says, they usually want to keep working with me. And he says, I am simply wondering if you have examples of how to work and sell services in a more value-based way when they are not explicitly goal-oriented. So in other words, he helps them achieve some goal, but they want to keep working with him, but maybe not have a goal in mind, but something normally will pop up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But they just want to stay in touch. And and of course, I said, Jonathan, you got to look at our subscription because Eddie's going back through our podcast from show number one. Yeah. I said, well, I'll take you about four years to get to subscription yeah. at that pace. So I gave him like four or five shows to listen to. And he wrote me back. He said, that is awesome. He said, I can see this. And there's all sorts of ways. And maybe we can hash it out or talk about a little bit more about how he could structure his options around this or whatever. But I do think this is a perfect candidate for subscription. Absolutely agree. But let's talk about it after the break. Okay. Okay. We'll do. All right. Well, I want to remind you that we do have our Patreon channel sponsored by 90 Minds. Need a mind? Hire 90 Minds at 90minds.com. Patreon is patreon.com slash TSOE, and we're considering building out our options there. So be on the lookout for new and greater stuff coming out of that. Also, I want to let you know that we do have ratethispodcast.com slash TSOE. This is the currency that we deal in, and we love for you to rate our podcast as well as write reviews. We read all of those on the air as well. But right now, a word from our sponsor. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we're talking about why consumers love the subscription model today on the Soul of Enterprise. And Ron, just to get back to to Jonathan's question to us, I have an initial thought that 
ties back to something that you and I both love, which is Tim Williams' landscaper story. Right. And the idea that the landscaper that he of his dreams, who doesn't really exist, <laughs> want, want, wants it wants to sell him the best curb appeal in the neighborhood. And maybe that's the point that Jonathan should look at is, yes, there's an initial transformation, which is getting the yard into into best curb appeal in the neighborhood. But keeping it that way is obviously non-transformational. And we, like the lawn, are constantly evolving and changing and going through different times in our lives. So while there might be an initial goal that each person has, it's probably best for him to begin to think about not just the output, which is the achievement of the, that goal, but what is the longer term outcome, which is more something like, I want to be a better person. I want to, right. I want to, I want to be a better business person. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better whatever. Right. And right. that's something that's constantly evolving. We should always be trying to figure out a way to better ourselves. Right. I was trying to think of this said because he, he said, you know, if you have examples of how to work and sell services in a more value based way when they aren't explicitly goal oriented. And of course, yes, subscription. So I wouldn't I would like offer tiers or options on the subscription that wouldn't be necessarily around a specific you know, goal or objective that they want to achieve. It could be anything they want to achieve. It could mm-hmm. be multiple things. And the options I think he's kind of built them in this email because he offers video-based exercises, self-study material, answering questions by email, uh, obviously access to him. Uh, he could he could put into different options. So he could build his three options based around the resources that he gives them availability to mm-hmm. in the hope that all any any one of those options they select would help them achieve whatever their desired transformation is. Sure. And so again, that's, it, he's ripe for subscription. Oh, no question. Yeah. Plus, like he says in here, you know, the, the, the whole therapy market is all hourly, right? Um, and career coaching yeah. and all that. And he can differentiate himself from all those people and, and yeah. making it, making uh, it cancelable at any time. It's probably just going to give him a longer lifetime value for every customer. For yeah. all the reasons and that we've been talking about. It's cumulative. For years and years and years. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. And, uh, you know, unlimited access th- that will not will not be unlimited because people got better things to do. Do then. So. Right. So that that's our advice, Jonathan. So th- thanks for that email. That was wonderful. Yeah. Great email. Thank you so much. That came in on March 8th. So uh, but yeah. Uh, and I know he's making his way through those uh, subscription episodes. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ed, the latest subscription economy index, which is a trademark term from Zora, um, the SEI it's called, came out for 2020. In 2020, how big do you think the growth rate of subscription businesses were? Oh, (laughs) that's this quiz ed day. Um, Yeah, you know, 22%. How about 22%? Cut it in half. It's 11.6. 11.6. Okay. Still pretty healthy. How about traditional product-based companies? Oh, 2020. traditional is, product-based companies COVID in 20. Yeah. This is COVID year, right? So this is a tough and year. Is this technology or is this just no, all this in? Is, I, I think this is all across 
their their um, what is it? They've got a, a data set of like nine hundred companies, and then they go out mm. and get the product based companies, probably from the you know government bureau of labor statistics or something gosh i would have to say that they probably shrank a little bit like minus five something like that they did they went down 1.6 percent okay so i'm just overestimating but at least i got the plus and minus right you got you got it right (laughs) yeah no they declined and in the in the fourth quarter of 20 subscription businesses grew 21 percent seven times the s p 500 companies of three percent Wow. That's impressive right there. So tell me which is the most resilient business model. I mean, this is the toughest year on record for any business model, right? Yeah. 2020. And look how these, these companies come through it. Mm-hmm. A lot of them flourished. Fender. Yes. <laughs> you know, we've talked about a lot of them. Peloton. Yep. Zoom. So just thought that was fascinating. I guess the argument against that would be, well, is that, is that because of the industries that they're in, that they weren't affected by COVID? Or do you think it's business model? No, I think it's business model. Mm-hmm. Rent the runway? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Peloton? Uh, you now you can make an argument, I guess, that people were home and, you know, right. you know and I, I can see that. And Zoom, certainly you can make that case. But a lot of other these other subscriptions are, are weird, like, like Greg's Firewood and Mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of uh, other oddity things that you can subscribe to. I don't know, but no, I don't think it is. You don't think it is. Okay. I don't think it Fair is. Enough. I think they have a big enough data set to, to, to weave that out. What I'd love to know is that Arizona barbershop chain that did subscription. We never did get those guys on. I no, tried, we didn't. Yeah. Tried and failed with them, but um, I'd love to know how they came out of it. Yeah, because they're the ones I recall that they they offered you choice for your where your where your right. money was to go, or if you wanted to yep. pause, or you wanted to end, or you wanted and, to hey keep keep uh, keep keep my subscription up, but give it to my stylist or whatever, which I thought was extraordinarily creative. Yep, yep, because that that is like restaurants. That's a tough business model because you've got to be physically present. <laughs> there's no there's no digital yeah. service there. No, although. To be fair, some some salons did do digital um, training videos, like on how to color your hair, or cut your hair, or whatever. Mm. But I don't think it was much of a substitute. Probably helped some yeah. of them, but yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So the other thing is, um, let me let me get to this review by Lee Hanley from yes. Apple Podcast. Uh, this came in on February fifth. Uh, 2021 and i i've all already apologized to leave for being so late and reading this but uh the title is best podcast for professional knowledge workers it's five star rating if you made it this far then congratulations you've discovered the fountain of truth seriously ron and ed are able to distill and synthesize a body of knowledge that extends beyond the disciplines and time wink Um, I now find myself listening and re-listening to the archives and taking notes on every juicy bit of valuable knowledge they so graciously share. Thank you so much, Lee. That was fantastic. And he sent me an email, um, Ed, this morning. And he said, have you seen the last blockbuster Netflix documentary? (laughs) Um, And, and, uh, you know, he said, uh, he says, what a perfect topic to tie into a flawed business model discussion. 
He said, it helped me articulate an insight from your book. He's talking about implementing value pricing. He said, if the model is wrong, the business will fail. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. That's a, I didn't, I never wrote that in the book that, but that, that's a great insight. Mm -hmm. That's a great insight. Yeah. No, no, you can't, you can't make up for the wrong business model. Right. That yeah. would be, I guess, the, the, the way to say it, I suppose. Uh, just, just like when Xerox Park had the, you know, the rudimentaries of the, the, the mouse and the, 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 you know, the interface of the Mac or whatever. But, they, yep. but how do we charge for per page? <laughs> There's no per, how do we put a counter on a computer? Because yep. that was their mind. That was their business model. Same with uh, Netflix offering to be bought by by Blockbuster for what was it, fifty million or five hundred million? I forget. <laughs> and Blockbuster said, "Are you crazy? We got stores all over. You guys have nothing. Yeah, you're nothing. <laughs> you got a bunch <laughs> of DVDs. You know. Um, yeah. So it's great. It's a great point. Yeah, it is a good point. Well, it, but is that is that a a, a a side trip of what was the, it's the Nicholas Negroponte quote about the only sustainable competitive advantage is to out innovate your competition. And in, in this sense, out innovating the competition is also out innovating around business model. Right. Right. Well, that's how new innovations come to life, right? They, they come Mm -hmm. to life through a business model is uh, what's his name? Andy Grove said, yeah. Well, that's the, the, the threat. The threat is yeah. the business model, not the new technology. Right. Per se, per se, per se. Yeah. The technology can facilitate a new business mm-hmm. model, but the threat is the business model itself. Right. Not the other way around. Right. This is uh, um, Apple uh, I, iTunes versus buying this crappy CD Yep. <laughs> yep. for the one song you want. Yeah. Craig's Craigslist's and newspaper yeah. and all that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so that was great. So thank you for that, Lee. That's wonderful. And he's also, he's become a value pricing evangelist, Ed. So he's out there spreading the word. So that's cool. We love that. But now, now, now we'll step it up and we'll become a subscription uh, evangelist. Yeah. Yeah. We need those too. Cause that's the new mm-hmm. work. Um, well, let's set this up because I know we got to go to our break in a couple minutes, but, um, teen again in his newsletter, teen Zoe, uh, from 31321, he interviewed the dean of Stanford Graduate School of Business, Jonathan Levin. And they were talking about, and I love this because this is how accountants divide the world up. Intangibles, you know, intangibles, right? <laughs> that's, how, that's how they think about it. Yeah. Um, but in, in uh, you know, S&P 500 intangibles accounted for 17% of the total assets in 1975 and 90% last year intangibles like trademarks, intellectual property, brand, you know, that type of goodwill, mm-hmm. uh, that type of stuff. Now that's looking at assets as the denominator. When you try and <clears throat> account for market cap, <clears throat> they looked at Microsoft <clears throat> and found that Microsoft uh, market cap could only by one to 2% be explained by tangible assets. In other words, 98% of Microsoft's market capitalization is all intangible. It's all intellectual capital. 
That's very much in, in alignment with William Nordhaus's finding about only 1% of the value of an organization or two, one to 2% of the value or of, of the innovation or organization remains with the organization. The organization. So, yeah. so let me set this up and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give the listeners a question to ponder. This has got major implications for national statistics and business cycle data and, and stats and research because historically investments in assets were like a leading indicator, but sure. that's been falling, right? So what does this mean? And could it unwrap some of the riddle of why this, all this governmental COVID spending and we've seen no inflation? Yeah, I think it could. Okay. So we want to talk about after the break. And in the meantime, folks, check us out at the soul of enterprise.com. If you want to get a hold of Ed or me, Send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsors and Ed's employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing Hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We're tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Class. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We started talking about why do consumers love subscriptions, but now we're talking about <laughs> how, how the subscription economy kind of changes the macro measurements of an economy. And Ed, what's fascinating about this is, you know, we left off with the question that, and we've been getting on the show. We talked to it last, talked about it last week with Josh. Why all this government spending and no inflation? Well, I hate to do this because monetary theory is totally bad. <laughs> that the, the monetary theory equation is the money supply times the velocity, right? How right. much money turns over? We're not going to deal with that at all. We're going to take that as a given other than to say that, you know, Deirdre McClowski thinks that we need to measure the money supply on a global basis. 
mm-hmm. no longer relevant just to look at America's money supply or Canada's money supply. You got to do it globally because we're all interconnected, global supply chains, yada, yada, yada. But the other side of that equation is M times V equals basically GDP. Mm-hmm. Our GDP is around $20 trillion. Now, we've had Mark Skousen on the show. Uh, he was on episode number 205. And we talked about Mark Skousen back on a Free Rider Friday. I did. It was one of my topics. Uh, episode number 98, back when we did Free Rider Fridays. And we talked about his... Um, Go, right? G- Go, yes. Right. And in April 20, on April 25th, 2014, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, the U.S. Department of Commerce, announced that they were going to use his Go uh, series as a new data set, uh, and it's called Gross Output by Industry. And Gross Output by Industry is roughly twice the size of our regular uh, GDP. So if GDP is 20 trillion, the go GDP or the go measurement is like 40 something trillion, 41, some, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, the last, the last data I have is, um, is, uh, 2014. He estimated that, um, the, uh, go was 37 and a half trillion. Um, well, that's gross domestic expenditure back up, back up, uh, go is over 23 trillion in 2014, uh, which was about twice as much as the GDP. Okay. So let me, let me try to unpack this. You understand or know monetary theory way better than I do. Uh, Not much. Well, okay. (laughs) But nobody does. So nobody does. It's, 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 you know, what, what, you know, casting about the, the, the chicken wings on the Ouija board and seeing what comes out is really we're reading the the chicken entrails here for sure. (laughs) He, with Go, he is trying to include services in the number. Is that correct? No, he's including, he, he's arguing that GDP is a bottom line number because it's the gross output of the economy. But all the activity into in getting that output to its final stage, the supply chain, the value added at each level, that's the top line of the economy. So his his go is like revenue of a company and GDP is like profit of a company, which is a very okay. interesting way to think about it. And and look, if you if you want the details of this, folks, please go to episode number ninety eight. And in the show notes, I have a, a whole list of bullet points that explains the philosophy of how the go is is measured and what it is and all of that. Um, and then Mark Skousen's book, The Structure of Production, he talks about it. If you get the 2015 edition, um, but just the, but the big point, Ed, I don't want to get lost in the details here. The big point is we've been plugging in that $20 trillion GDP number and it mm-hmm. probably should be $40 trillion because all that, I, I, there's economic activity there. We just, you know, I, I just don't think we're doing a good job measuring how big this economy is. Okay, well, and that's what I want to take it to, to even a, one louder, so to speak. And, and that's say, okay, yes, if you say, yes, we measured profit. All right, now this go is trying to measure revenue. But as we've talked about, there's also the third component, which is external value, right? So we don't in, measure that at all. Well, that's what I'm saying. So in the in the creation of 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 this gross 
revenue, gross domestic revenue, go however you want to call it. Well, that also, but that throws off all of this other stuff, which we admit is not measurable because it includes things like structural and social capital and intellectual capital that we can estimate, I suppose, but talk about chicken entrails. Now we're now we're talking about dead chicken entrails from eons ago. Just guess total guesswork. But I guess what you're saying, if I get net it down to something that maybe my brain can wrap around, is the 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 wealth that has been created is so far outpacing the money supply that maybe we that doesn't really matter much anymore. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Well, well, wealth is certainly part of it, but I guess because our, our, the goods and services of the economy, that GDP side, isn't just bound up in physical things now. There's no, and I get animals, that. You know, the, the, your iPhone example with how many things is this replaced from the Radio Shack catalog, the demon. No, I'm going beyond that. I'm going yeah. beyond that to try to yeah. put a measurement on social capital, which, you know, it, this is the thing that I, Jonah Goldberg has recently driven home with me is anybody listening to this radio show is probably never going to be homeless. And the reason has nothing to do with how much money they have or don't have in the bank. It's because most of the people who uh, who are listening to the show have social capital. They have couches that they can sleep on for the better part of a couple of years to get themselves on their feet. And they will, if they need to, right. we're not going to starve We're it's not going to happen for. And I think, what that you know you we used to have this poverty line thing well what's the line that says yeah you've got enough social capital that you're probably never going to have to encounter anything like what our your ancestors once did because you, my in-laws would let us come to stay at their house if it really got ugly sure, that would sure. happen absolutely <laughs> yep yeah so i i you know it just goes back to this idea that yeah i know we're a big wealthy economy and all of that but when you get down to the nitty gritty of these measurements, we're just not measuring it right. No, I that I will agree with. And I, I just don't think we can measure it. I think I think we, we have we're starting to reach to the, the, the point where this stuff is so ethereal um, that it's mattering less and less. And look, I, and this is not the same as the the you know, we're going to be so wealthy. We're just going to sit around and, and sip martinis and lattes right, right. that that's not the same argument i'm not making no, no, that no. argument at all no 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 that's no, not that and and yeah uh, <laughs> so i just i just think that's fascinating because uh you know a lot of people talk about inflation they say well there's going to be cost push inflation you know that we know now there's a shortage of lumber because of the tariffs that we slapped on canada for you know imprudently selling us lumber below cost or whatever. <laughs> I mean, geez. Um, but anyway, it, but inflation is a general rise in prices, not, not a specific sector. No. You have oil go way up, but you know, other things go way down and it, it's a measure of the overall price level, not a mm -hmm. sector, but you know, I've been as stumped as everybody else uh, about why we haven't seen inflation. And I know there's, been experts that say it's going to happen in the next year or two but i think part of the riddle is it's because the economy is bigger than we think it is in this equation mm -hmm. gdp yep. is twice as big as we think yep and and that's a question for deirdre <laughs> well we have you know on. like we need a reason to have deirdre mcclowski back on right i know i know but um so anyway that was just uh something i wanted to get out there but i just find that i just find that fascinating all right
Well, Ron, maybe we can we can talk to our guest next week to about this too because he's written some recent articles that might be, give us some insight. Although we're going to talk about one of his older works first, right? We are. We're going to talk to the guy who wrote the book, The Management Myth. His name is Matthew Stewart. We talked about this gentleman, Ed, on the very first show we did, declaring our independence from the tyranny of Taylor. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him. Now, great book, The Management Myth, look The Whale. There's so many different concepts that you and I have pulled out of that book over the years. I'm looking forward to diving it in. I think I actually still have it as a book. That's, that's that old. Me too. Me too. <laughs> and so I will see you in 167 hours. Yep. This has been The Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific, where we'll be talking to Matthew Stewart. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Thank you.